When we're running on what I call the hidden hamster wheel, which is kind of the, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when I get the car or the house or the money or the da 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 da. What we're responding to is, is what you can call extrinsic motivators, sort of like a carrot, either, either chasing a carrot of, of some sort in the future or running away from a stick. So some people have it as the, I'll be happy when, and that's where a bunch of their motivation seems to come from. A bunch of people have it as, I couldn't be happy if, so I'm, I'm working hard so we don't run into problems. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, friends. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Our guest today is none other than Sunday Times best-selling author, speaker, and coach, Jamie Smart. Now, Jamie spends a lot of his time presenting worldwide at different conferences. He's passionate about helping and working with coaches and consultants and other transformational professionals, just like you guys. He loves to help them have bigger impact with their clients and help them to grow thriving practices. Jamie, my good friend, welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Great to be here with you, Angus. Great to, great to, uh, great to be stumbling over my words so early in our interview. <laughs> well, we mentioned in the preamble before we got ourselves started, I'm most often doing these interviews very early in the morning for me. And so often the guests will be used if they're watching the video side of things, hear me, they'll often have a coffee going along. This one is the other end of the day. It's five past seven in the evening. And my gorgeous wife, Lauren, just said to me beforehand, would you like a gin and tonic? And I couldn't think of one good reason to say no. So um, I did do a Facebook Live once after having a glass of champagne. It was hilarious. I thought it was. Might not have been my best work, but it was some of my most engaging and interactive uh, content out there. So we'll see how we go with this one yeah. now. Now, you and I crossed paths. When did you release Clarity? That was your first book. Clarity came out in 2013. Right. I think I got onto that because you were on the marketing, I Love Marketing um, podcast yeah. with, you know, Dean Jackson, one of my absolute heroes. Um, I, I heard you on there. I immediately bought your book. There are less than half a dozen books in my life that I, I've read lots that I have read that have had the impact on me that Clarity did. As I was reading through it, there was just aha moment after aha moment. You were able to articulate a bunch of constructs for me that were muddling around in my mind, but I, I perhaps hadn't been able to form the way that you so eloquently did. And I want to talk with those a lot today. So this is a marketing podcast, but one of the reasons that so many practitioners come to me and want help with marketing is because of the imagination that if their practices were just busier, if their life was just different than everything, you know, if, if I was just seeing more people, if I was making more money, if I was having more impact, I would then give myself permission to be happier. Now, I'm going to read you a quote from your book. Again, a reminder of just how wonderful you are. And maybe we just leap off from there because there's so many stunning things that I'm excited to chat about today. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Wonderful. Well, let's start. This is quite, I, I was tempted to do this in my best British accent, but that won't work well. That might take two gin and tonics. Here's the quote. The life damaging misunderstanding that I call the hidden hamster wheel is the mistaken idea that our core states such as security, confidence, peace, love, happiness, and success can be provided or threatened by our circumstances. 
So what did you mean by that statement? Well, what I meant by, and actually, can I just go back a little bit to something you said? Because you said when you read Clarity, you just had aha moment after aha moment. And this may sound a little weird, but my purpose in writing the book was just for people to have aha moments. Yeah. And that's the purpose in all my work. So as, as people listen to our conversation, it's worth bearing in mind that specifically what I'm trying to do is help create the conditions for people to have aha moments. And so what I meant by what I wrote there is, can I give you a quick bit of background in relation to it? So I, I uh, um, started in the kind of whole personal development thing, kind of for myself, going on my own, own journal back in the, uh, on, you know, my own journey back in the late '90s, and I, you know, read Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins, and I created a vision for how I wanted my life to be, and 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 I worked hard to bring that into being, and in. 2004, it's kind of wild. My wife left me and I was heartbroken and kind of sitting there heartbroken. I realized that I'd created all, I had created a life that looked like the picture that I'd had, okay? Uh, but it didn't feel like it. I didn't feel successful. I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel peaceful. I wasn't actually kind of there in my life. So I had a thriving practice. I had, uh, I had, you know, a nice house and all that sort of stuff, but I wasn't there in it. So I, at that point I read to, a few years later, I, I kind of went on a journey and I read Tim Ferriss's book before our work week. I thought, That's it. I just wasn't doing it good enough. I should have had it even more extreme. So I reorganized my business and went on a mini retirement to, on a three month ski holiday, a, a, a Whistler in Canada. I was like, I'll, then I'll really be feeling successful and peaceful and happy because it's really working. And so I, I, I was there and six weeks later I turned around and came home because that wasn't it either. And, and now I was kind of screwed Angus because I'd created everything I could see that sh in my, in my, in the industry I was in, I should be so happy. I should have white light shining out of my orifices at this point, but I wasn't. I, and so I was like, well, there's something wrong with this picture. What is it? And what was wrong with it was I was looking outside for things that can only come from inside. Now, here's the thing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to grow a thriving practice, make money, uh, treat lots of clients, have lovely holidays, uh, uh, enjoy a wealthy lifestyle. Those are all fine. But none of those things can give you what can only come from within. Okay. And so I started exploring, I knew I could see there's something wrong with the way I, I had things organized because according to the rules of our society, I should be happy and I wasn't. So I go back to the drawing board and I came across this understanding, what I sometimes refer to as the best kept secret in psychology. And I started exploring it. And the first insight I had, Angus, was. Oh, everything you've been looking for outside yourself is actually already there within you. So when I say everything, I, I'm talking about things like peace of mind, well-being, security, 
love and connection, clarity, resilience, well-being. Those always and only come from within. They can never come from outside. And we kind of, we instinctively know this, right? Like we've all had the experience of going somewhere that should be brilliant, like it's a dream holiday or a fantastic meal or, or a, a movie that's supposed to be amazing, but we don't enjoy it. We're sitting there, we're having a miserable time in the most opulent of circumstances. We've all had the experience of being somewhere crappy or doing something a bit rubbish and just having the best time because we know that, that moment to moment, the experience we get is coming from within. So we kind of instinctively know that, but we live in a semantic environment where we're bombarded by messages over and over again, telling us that, you know, we need the fancy watch to be happy, or we need this much money to be happy, or we need to get the business working right to be happy. All these, it's just, it just doesn't stand up to uh, close analysis. And in fact, I've worked with very, very wealthy people who are really struggling with well-being and peace of mind. And I've met people who have, you know, hardly two pennies to rub together, who are peaceful and happy. And, and again, it's not an either or. It's not like money won't make you happy, but being poor will. No, I mean, like ha having people rise from poverty is a really good thing. But just realizing that the things that we're all looking for at the deepest level cannot come from the outside and the cool cherry on on top of the 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 sunday is as you get more and more and more aligned with the truth of how this works and who you are and what you've got going for you it becomes easier to create what makes sense on the outside yeah. so so yeah that well that's a good place probably to pause that's my uh that's my take on it. I think, you know, when I think about that, the statement that I talked before about that hidden hamster wheel of, I had a realization that I would set a goal and I would then have an experience, whether that was around a goal with a relationship, an income level, a service level, those kind of things. I would achieve that. And then what I would do was I would then give myself permission to feel away. And I went, why don't I just give myself permission beforehand? Like why, like all it is, and it, it's really, it's, it's, it's been nothing short of profound for me because, you know, I'm not, I was just talking with Lauren, my wife today about, you know, she, her, her vision of me is that things come very easily for me and that, you know, which is that, and they do, I've, I've lived a very, very blessed life. You know, the, the roll of the dice went my way when I was born a white middle-class Australian. You know, it's, it's a heck of a, a start to begin with it too. But this idea of not needing external circumstances for me to feel happy and well, um, it has been pivotal. The one thing that I, and again, that interests me, is that sometimes when I go, okay, I don't need external environment to make me feel a certain way. I can choose to feel that way. And then the next question that often comes for me, Jamie, is well, why do anything at all? Like why not just sit 
here in the corner. Um, and I worry about that with myself because I'm quite, I'm, I'm very motivated to do these kind of things there too. And I dance back and forwards. And I'm sure that's not the first time somebody's asked you about that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it, so there are a couple of things. And I think it's a pretty common when people first encounter this understanding, they're sort of like, well, if I really believe that, then I would just sit on the couch all day and eat donuts and, and watch reruns of Neighbors or whatever. But what I find again and again and again, see, when we're running on what I call the hidden hamster wheel, which is kind of the, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when I get the car or the house or the money or the da 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 what we're responding to is, is what you can call extrinsic motivators, sort of like a carrot, either, either chasing a carrot of, of some sort in the future or running away from a stick. So some people have it as the, I'll be happy when, and that's where a bunch of their motivation seems to come from. A bunch of people have it as, I couldn't be happy if, so I'm, I'm working hard so we don't run into problems or that sort of thing. What you find as you wake up from the illusion of this misunderstanding is you get more in touch with intrinsic motivations. So, uh, so you, and actually there's a really simple example of this. Everyone listening to this recording knows people, probably a lot of people who do jobs they hate. Okay. So they're working, you know, for a bank or a, in a call center or an office and, and they, uh, complain constantly about, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job. Well, if you ask them, why do you do it? They'll give you a bunch of reasons based on circumstances and survival and well-being, which may well make sense in order to do that. If they started waking up from that, waking up from the outside-in illusion, okay, the, the mistaken belief that our feelings are coming from somewhere other than thought, what often happens is they go, oh, you know what? I would like to do this. Or they start to have insights about a different way of doing it or a different way of relating to their work. So it, what I find, Angus, is you tap into a different source of motivation. You know, you mentioned that you had more aha moments uh, when reading this book than, than you'd had in a long time. Well, it looks to me like purpose and direction they come as an aha moment. So what you find is, and I wouldn't be surprised if you already have this in your, pra in your practice, Angus, which is, and actually thinking about who we're speaking to, I, I would guess that the majority of your listeners already have this, which is, if I was to ask you, what first sparked your interest in doing the work you do? It would be something about purpose. It would be something about making a difference to people. It would be something about, uh, serving people and seeing something that's possible for people. My guess is what sparked your interest was probably something to do with inspiration, something to do with, with uh, yeah, just a, a sense of purpose and direction. Now, your day-to-day -day may have a bunch of technical activities like you know, working on websites or emails or doing podcasts or whatever. And you, and you may even have a, a kind of, well, that's not, that may be the stuff that's kind of filling your day on some days, but I would be willing to bet that the thing that got you into it was a sense of inspiration and purpose and direction. And what, what I find is that as people 
wake up from this misunderstanding, as they, they wake up from the hidden hamster wheel, they start to make decisions that are more aligned with that inner sense of purpose and dire direction and intrinsic motivation. And so people, people uh, my friend Michael Nail once said, uh, unhappy people want what they want in order to make themselves happy. Happy people just want what they want. Yeah. And so it, it, in theory, this should rob you of your motivation. In practice, it has the exact opposite effects. Yeah. Like, Angus, I don't know if you've experienced this. I can't remember the last time I had to motivate myself to do anything. Yeah. It's just like, but part of that's a function of eliminating as many of the things as possible from my life that are just the stuff that's not aligned for me. And I'm, I'm guessing it's probably similar for you. Yeah. One of the things, Jamie, that I really love about my audience and I love about many of the natural health practitioners that are listening to this is that so few of them got into it because it was a good way to make a buck. And it can be, you know, it's, it's, it's been wildly profitable for me. But we got into it because this desire to want to help people. It is so mission and purpose based. Unlike, you know, I, I don't often hear accountants getting into, you know, I don't see it across other professions. And maybe it's, you know, there's some a bias that I kind of have there. When you talk about that inspiration, there's another quote I want to take here, which I found fascinating as well, which might kind of talk into that as well. And, and as a part of this too, I would love if you could expand on your idea of what clarity is. So you say this, when it comes to clarity, reading for information is like drinking salt water. It just makes you more thirsty. So if somebody's searching for that internal drive to hear their inspiration, um, how do we go about that? And, and what are the damages Oh, what are the concerns when we get stuck into this reading for information? What do you mean by that? Well, so here's what, here's what I've seen, Angus. The, there's a, there are kind of two ways of, of reading or listening or watching. And one is just for straight up information. Now, so for instance, if I'm like, oh man, I want to make chicken noodle soup tonight. Well, I'm just going to Google a recipe and then there are the steps and that's it. And you follow the steps. And my guess is that a lot of the things about building a thriving practice, for instance, a lot of the aspects of it are just follow the steps. Like there are aspects of it that are just boom, 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 boom. But it, when I speak to people, the issues that I usually find get in their way when it comes to growing a practice, for instance, they're not the stuff that's follow the steps. It's inner stuff. It's stuff about uh, what if I get it wrong? What if I get criticized? Uh, or it's discomfort around money or charging or the value of what they do. Or, or, or discomfort with um, enrolling clients or uh, selling or however you want to describe it. Or um, So there are all these you know, what, what I've seen again and again is when we're, if we go back to that inspiration, when we're inspired to help, help people, we're inspired to make a difference to people, we get touched by that inspiration and a vision for what's possible and a sense of direction and purpose. Well, what also comes up is all our insecurities. You know, who am I to do this and all, all that kind of stuff. Well, those kind of 
those insecurities, those self-doubts, those sort of things, those don't usually really get resolved with information. What they get resolved by is insight, by those aha moments, by realization. And so the, what I've seen is when, when people are kind of getting held back by one of those insecurities, self-doubts, fears, one of those kind of things, if they're reading for information, they, they go, oh yeah, that makes sense intellectually, but it hasn't changed anything from the neck down. Whereas actually the, the power of insight and realization is it changes things at an emotional level. And, and it's, it's funny actually, when I, when I work with clients on the thriving practice piece of things, we start with all the inner stuff. Because so what often happens is people will be like, uh, yeah, I just need to learn how to get more clients. I'm like, great. We're going to start by looking at where your experience comes from and who you really are. And they're like, and you know, work on your grounding and get you so you're comfortable in your own skin and comfortable in your own life. And they go like, great, great. When are we going to get to the bit about getting clients? I'm like, well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Next, we're going to work on how you can get really deep connections with the people you're working with and have a game-changing impact and and get to the point where you absolutely know that if someone works with you they're going to be delighted and they're going to get profoundly impacted they're like oh great that's amazing when are we going to do the sales and marketing i'm like okay that's coming next then when we dive into the whole domain of you know getting clients building uh community uh getting visible all that sort of stuff everyone goes oh, thank God we did the inner work and the connection work first because all of the things that they thought were sales and marketing issues or email issues or uh, you know how to enroll a client issue turned out to have been the emotional stuff that gets handled in those first two phases. So I, it looks to me, Angus, like the, the, we live in a culture, you know, we're, we're at the peak of the information revolution. There's never been more information. There's, there's no shortage of information. You could read everything that's ever written on this stuff and you'd be reading for the rest of your life. But the thing that's going to make a difference to you is insight and realization. That's the thing that turns something from intellectual into executable. Mm. I wonder also, Jamie, I'd be interested in your experience with this. Certainly mine with the practitioners that I help to coach through a lot of this stuff there too, is that sometimes we will hide that lack of insight, that self-confidence um, underneath overwhelm. Um, I don't know how to show me the technology because it's just a little bit more socially acceptable for me to say, I don't know how to make a video. What camera should I use? What sound should I have? As opposed to me saying to you, oh, you know what, I've really questioned my, my value as a practitioner. I don't feel confident I can help people. And for that reason, those, you know, it's, it's, it's easier for us to share that. How, how would we be better to identify, you know, what is the real issue? You know, is it a camera issue that I don't know how to do? You know, the reason I'm not shooting videos, I'm telling myself I'm, you know, it's the technology thing when really it's something deeper than that. Do you have some thoughts about how we could get to the root cause? Well, I, 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 this, this may be unfair of me, Angus, but I just assume it. So when I'm, when I'm talking to a group of people who are saying they're struggling with, you know, all these things, sales, marketing, visibility, I'm like, look, 
you think you've got a sales and marketing problem, but actually what you've got is a grounding and an impact problem. Yes. Because what, you know, or I'll summarize it like this, you know, I meet lots of uh, people who are, you know, doing this kind of work who say, hey, Jamie, how do I sign people up on, you know, packages for 10,000 pounds or 20,000 pounds or, you know, 30,000 pounds? How, how do I do that? I said, well, you know, you need to be able to have a conversation with them and find out what, what they want and need. And in the course of that conversation, if they're a good fit for you, you need to let them know that you can deliver the goods. You need to communicate to them. I can deliver the goods. You need to let them know that. And they're like, oh yeah, how do I do that? How do I communicate that to them? I'm like, oh, well, that's very straightforward too. Once you know that you can deliver the goods, they'll know you can deliver the goods. But until you know you can deliver the goods, they won't know you can deliver the goods. Like you have to know this from within yourself. And it's not about rock solid confidence or, you know, a total self-belief or anything like that. See, it's, can I tell you a quick story? Please, please, please. So I did a, uh, I did a, a poll in one of my groups asking uh, coaches who are wanting to build a, a practice, what's the number one thing that would make the biggest difference to, to their impact on their clients? And the thing that came out at number one with like, you know, 80% of the votes was, rock solid confidence in my ability to make a difference. I'm like, great. The thing that came out at the bottom of the list with one vote for me was total confidence in my client's capacity for insight, realization, and transformation. See, my confidence is in my client's. I, my, my, I, I, a client sits down in front of me and I know they're capable of so much more than they think because they are so much more than they think. So I know that they sit down in front of me. I know that they don't know that, but I know that. And so because I know that's true about them, not because I'm a positive thinker, I'm not, but remember I said the first realization I had was, oh, everything you've been looking for outside of you is already there within you. Well, the second realization I had was I saw, oh, the fact that a person can even see or hear or feel or perceive means they have the capacity for insight, realization, clarity, resilience, and transformation already there within them. It's not personal. It's there in everybody. So that transformed my work with clients. So I know that if if someone is able to see that that's true about their clients, that's going to change how they come across to their clients because you're immediately more hopeful, confident, certain that this person has what they need to create what they want to create. It, it's in, um, as I imagine into a conversation that I'm having with somebody, it also takes a tremendous amount of pressure off me because I'm, I'm no longer having to provide results for you. I know that within you are all the results that you need. My job is really just to show you that, to uncover as opposed to it's not that there's anything wrong with you, all those kind of things there too. It's interesting because as you are articulating that, there was a sense of ease that came across me. It's like, ah, oh, got it. That's a very different way to look at it. Um, and I could see how that would be 
really powerful if you were having a transformational conversation you know with a perspective coaching client patient client whatever you want to call them there if that was the framework that you were going into it's very different yeah it's profound there's a lot of leverage in it because and, and this this will sound strange angus but when i'm sitting down with a client i know that i don't know what they should do it's easier for us to think we know what someone else should do but but we really don't because we don't know their you know belief structure and their exact circumstance and all that sort of stuff but i know they have the capacity to realize it and see it for themselves and of course the stuff that people see for themselves and discover for themselves that's the stuff they're going to take action rather than the stuff they're being told they should do so the more we're able to really see that you know it's kind of a put your money where your mouth is the more the more i'm able to really see that my clients do have whatever they need to live the lives that uh, are in alignment with who they are and what their heart desires the better it goes mm. I'm, I'm i've been thinking a lot recently one of the wonderful things of this new media world that we're in nowadays is it, it means that we can impact more people it's much easier now than ever for us to go one to many the flip side of that means that it's more easy than ever beforehand for us to be seen and i don't mean just vision but for us to be seen at our core and that I, I, that can be terrifying you know i feel as a human being we have this duality of wanting to be seen it's i feel like it's an important part of any relationship to be validated to be seen and yet at the same time there's this fear of because if i'm seen and yet rejected uh, then you know the mental consequences of that you know we have times where if we were isolated from a tribe it possibly meant our survival mm -hmm. and, and so that kind of rejection was really dangerous in that ability for us to be able to move forwards and transformation for us to be feeling more com comfortable and confident with being seen, what are the strategies that somebody could go through to kind of unwind into that? Well, so here's how it looks to me, Angus. I think the thing people are most afraid of in relation to that is criticism. Mm -hmm. criticism, being critici criticized, being found wanted, being shamed, all that sort of stuff. And the, the reality is, if, if you, if, okay, well, we'll take clarity as an example. If you go on Amazon and you look up clarity, uh, my book, Clarity, that is, there's like, uh, I don't know, 120, 130 reviews. And of those more than 50% are five-star reviews saying, this book is amazing, it changed my life, incredible, that sort of thing. But there's a solid 10 or 12% that are one-star, this book is dog shit, or this, you know, poison. <laughs> so, so like, and I'm like, good, good. Uh, I, I want people, because, because the thing is, if you look at most of the books on Amazon, they've got no reviews. Or and these are people who have gone to all the effort of creating and publishing a book. So they've done the thing of getting it out there, but no one's noticed. Mm. No one's noticed. So they're not actually visible. And they, the, I think there are two keys. One is getting clear that like people, because really we're talking about visibility here. The, 
a quick story. So I was on uh, Sky Breaking News uh, a while back, going out live to like five, five and a half million people uh, talking about the resignation of England's cricket cap, captain and, you know, what had led to that and pressure and clarity of mind and that sort of thing. So I was visible to five and a half million people, but none of them were visible to me. Okay. Later that year, I did a talk to 40 coaches, therapists, and change workers at the London, uh, the, 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 the London therapists and coaches group. I was visible to 40 of them. I did some coaching demos and all the people in that room were visible to me. I said, uh, if anyone would like to learn how to have this kind of impact with clients, come and talk to me afterwards. Well, because they were visible to me, half a dozen of them came up to me afterwards and all signed up for my certification program. So it, people think visibility and they think of oh, volume and millions of people and that sort of thing. But the key is not just who am I visible to, it's also who's visible to you and for what purpose. And the purpose is, is cultivating relationship. So relationship is where the value gets delivered, but also relationship where you're serving people to the best of your ability is also where you, where you're likely to get criticism you're likely to ruffle people's feathers you're likely to have people go oh i don't like what you just said or i don't like that video or i don't like the email you sent or whatever and you got to you got to just in my opinion anyway you got to decide whether you're up for that or not because if you're not up for being criticized that the only solution is to remain silent. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to, and, and here's the thing, there's a Marianne Williamson quote I love. She's uh, that starts our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And at the end of that, in the midst of it, she says, oh, we don't serve the world by shrinking so that we don't make other people feel insecure around us. She said, as we're, liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others, okay? So as you're being true to yourself, as you're allowing your authenticity, your uniqueness, your, your way of being in the world, allowing that to shine, that has power for people. That's going to liberate people. But they're not all going to say thank you. Some of them will be really pissed off, especially yeah. if you like wake them up. Not everyone likes being woken up. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's just I, one of those things. So go ahead, Angus. Yeah, I had the realization in terms of you talking about kind of Amazon ratings and the likes. I, I was interested um, last year. I wanted to uh, the, the number one selling book um, of all time is uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. And um, I, I went on to Amazon to look at the reviews for it. And the reviews there, the largest number of reviews are five-star reviews. And I think from memory, it was low 20%. The next largest number of reviews are one-star reviews. And it was only one or 2% difference. And it's fascinating. So I think if the world's best-selling book can't appeal to everybody or or if we can have a book that doesn't appeal to everybody yet it can still be the best-selling book like what what are we what are we hoping for I I love the concept of magnetism and what what does it mean to be magnetic to people and to realize too that when we're being incredibly magnetic we have to by definition of that word when that magnet spins around it's equally repulsive at the other side it's a universal law 
that we can't get over and, and, and pick it. Whether it's the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Beyonce or Justin Bieber, you will find super fans of each of those and you'll find large critics. And I'm same thing, man, if not everyone's going to like uh, Beyonce, what chance do I have of everybody liking me? And these things bring great relief to me and have allowed me to let go of the expectation of needing people to work uh, needing to have to kind of, you know, be okay with everything all the time. Um, I, I want to kind of just change direction a little. I'm cautious about our time here. I know there are many different ways that you work with people. There are many different courses and stuff. I'd like to kind of, because, you know, I think our listeners will know I'm just such a fan of your work. And, you know, and I say this because, you know, many of you are coming to me wanting marketing help as Jamie talked about beforehand. When do we get to the marketing? When do we get to the marketing? And I'm like, just fix up the stuff beforehand and watch what happens there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually telling you to not start working with me yet, but read Jamie's book. Look at Jamie's stuff there too, because that in itself can be incredibly magnetic for you. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the coaching courses that you have, the group courses, the trainings and things like that as well? I think our listeners will be really interested. Yeah, for sure. Well, the... One one that's just going to be really relevant to people in your space, especially if 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 they're people who you're you're Angus, you're like, you know what? If they just did this, 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 and this, that would explode their practice and have it really take off. But you know that they're struggling with the, you know, who am I to do this or the uh, confidence in their impact. One I do is called the Thriving Coaches Blueprint. Now it's called the Thriving Coaches Blueprint, but we've had everyone from homeopaths to body workers to uh, even accountants, believe it or not, come on that program to handle those uh, insecurities, that's to tap into that inner sense of authenticity and confidence uh, so that they can grow a thriving practice. And so that's, that happens over 12 weeks and it's in three sections. The first section is all about what I call grounding, which is the mindset piece. So it's just about being comfortable in your own skin, knowing what's going on for you. So you're able to be clear. We, you know, we look at uh, concerns about money and wealth and abundance. We, we look at the whole domain of uh, that hidden hamster wheel that I was talking about so that people can get crystal clear on what's important to them and what's the next step for them. Then the second month, the next four weeks, we look at impact so that you get really, really just comfortable in your ability to have an impact on your clients. Because if you stop and think about it for a moment, if you, no one who's in our field wants to be you know, letting people down or giving some people something they don't need. So if you have total, just total faith in your ability to deliver the results that you're talking to someone about, it makes it so much easier to enroll them. It makes it so much easier to enroll them. And so as you get comfortable with that, get a deeper sense of connection, that's, that's what the second month is. And then the third month, we look into the whole domain of uh, uh, marketing and selling and brand and all that sort of stuff. But along the way, I do group coaching calls. So you'll see me coaching people. And here's one of the cool things about the group coaching calls. They're every week. And what you start to see is, oh, everyone's up against exactly the same stuff. So there's something, there's kind of, the first time I ran it, Angus, there's this unexpected uh, sense of aha that a lot of people get just from going, oh, it's not just me. This is the stuff everyone's struggling with. And you just see, oh, we're all in the same boat. Oh, well, that's okay. There, there's this incredible sense of connection. Oh, we do exercises and that sort of thing to 
you know, grow uh, um, pipelines and that sort of thing. But that's the shape of that. So that's the thriving coaches blueprint. And then the other one uh, that some people, it's, it's not a good fit for everybody, but some people who really get touched by this understanding, they want to do the clarity certification training. And that's a seven month program, much more in depth, uh, where we go through those same three transformations, you know, grounding and mindset, impact and connection, and then the whole livelihood sales and marketing piece, but at a much deeper level. So that's for people who are like, they've, they've seen the value of this for themselves and they want to bring this into, into their work and into their practices and into their lives. So those are the two things that I think would be relevant. Can people start straight in at the, do they need to go through one first before they get into the second level? They don't. Uh, what we find is Kind of half of people go for uh, clarity certification first and half do thriving coaches blueprint first, but they almost always end up doing the other one too. That is, or if they've done clarity certification, they want to do thriving coaches blueprint too. And the folks who come on thriving coaches blueprint end up wanting to do clarity certification too, because you'll understand for yourself, Angus, that as you start to get more and more in touch with who you really are and where your experience comes from, you see that we actually, we live in a world where we're being told every day that it works the other way around. And clearly it's not working. Like, you know, mental health issues are through the roof here in the UK and, and uh, people are more and more searching for that sense of peace and well-being and happiness. We've got it back to front. And as people start kind of seeing the truth of that, it, it becomes a no-brainer to bring this into every aspect of it. Yeah. It does. I mean, that, that concept there, you know, Adio Media, the name of my company, Adio, stands for Above, Down, Inside, Out. It's a chiropractic. We've spoken a little bit about this beforehand. Most of our world is all about outside in from below up. You know, that the solution to everything is in either the pill, the potion, the car, the husband, the wife, the house, as opposed from inside there too. So, Jamie, I want to um, firstly just take this opportunity from a very selfish point of view and thank you for the work that you've done. It's impacted me greatly, of which I'm deeply grateful for. So thank you for sharing uh, so openly with us today. I, I'll get a hold of some links and stuff for those of you that are listening with where you can find Jamie on his socials to the two trainings that he talked about. I'll also have a link of the books that Jamie has. I started off with Clarity. There's a few books that you've written again since then too. Jamie, any final thoughts to kind of wind up to share with my wonderful audience? Well, here's what's occurring to me, Angus. You know, if you've, if you've, if you've made it this far through the interview, something's resonating with you. And, and I know when I, when I was first introduced to this understanding, I had all kinds of, yeah, it's not as simple as that. No, I, I, or I already know this, but how does that help and that sort of thing? But what I can promise you is that if you stay in this conversation, if you just take the next step, whether it's reading the book or listening to another podcast or uh, reading an article or something, this is there to be seen. So this isn't a technique or a practice, or here's, here's a way of thinking about it. Have you ever done the thing where you, you've got a piece of paper and, and you put two marks on it and you find the blind spot, so you cover up one eye, and you discover that, oh, it's there to be seen, the blind spot the, the blind spot in the eye where the optic nerve goes in the back of the eye. You can do an experiment and you can find it. It's there to be seen. And so if someone goes, oh, yeah, no, I, I once did that. It didn't work. I did, it's like, well, you know they weren't doing it right, okay? They, they just need to have another look. 
It's there to be seen. So what I'm pointing to here, as you've discovered for yourself, Angus, it is there to be seen. And when you see it for yourself, it's a game changer. It, it, it is going to have you experiencing more love and connection in your life, more peace and well-being, and puts you in a far better position to create the results that you want to create, whatever those are. So I, I, all I would say is stay in the conversation. If, you stay, if you've listened this far, you know there's something here to be seen and you can see it. You have the capacity for insight. So that would be my encouragement. Yeah, beautiful thoughts. Thank you so much. I, I can't get close to improving on that too. So Jamie, thanks for sharing time with us. I look forward to hooking up again with you soon. See you, mate. Looking forward to it, Angus. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.